Welcome in. It is the Fezzik Focus Podcast, Week 8 NFL Edition. I am A.J. Hoffman. He is the only two-time Super Contest champion, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Steve, how we doing? Let's go. Yeah, you're looking svelte. I'm... No sleeves today? I'm just in from the gym, running a few minutes late, so got an early start. Got my coffee. Look at look at that. That's a good color of coffee for look you, Steve. Look at that black. That is a good color. You always bet on black. No creamer, no sugar, Zero. Huh? Zero point... Zero punto zero. Good. Good for you. You're making the, you're making the sacrifices that it takes to win this bet. That's what I like to see. All right. Let's start the way we always do. Let's start with a fez tale. Let's talk about the NFL coin flip. So this is like one of the most famous bets that they have during the Super Bowl. And they always ask Clucko the Chicken and the Yahoo Sports <laughs> experts who they got on the coin flip. And like, and frankly, it just insults the hell out of me because the coin flip was one of the most profitable things in the Super Bowl that we bet for years. And we and not just the Super Bowl, because if you go back in time, like 15 years ago, Belichick would almost always defer when he won the coin flip. Other coaches, uh, Sean Payton, would always take the ball when he won the coin flip. So when the Saints were playing the Patriots, the Saints were getting the ball first. All right. So if there was a prop, who is going to receive the opening kickoff Literally, the Saints was a 95% play. Now, there's derivatives of that. If that wasn't offered, you could bet who's going to punt first, who's going to score first. You get the idea sure. that across the board. And so it's like one of the <clears> biggest <throat> advantage plays out there. And unfortunately, what it, it, it has dried up, not so much because all the bookmakers realize what's going on, but because the NFL coaches finally realized, oh, let's see, Bill Belichick always defers. And he's smarter than I am. Maybe I should just copy. And so they finally figured it out that they should copy. It turns out you're at a slight advantage taking the ball to start the second half just because the defenses are slightly more tired and you have more third down production, more third quarter production than first quarter production. And then the defense wears out more in the second half. So it's a tiny advantage to start with the ball in the second half versus the first half. But it was just it's just curious to me how everyone gets this so wrong that in the media, they literally always go tails. It never fails. Nonsense. Tails fails all the time. About half the time is what I hear. I mean, it's just it's just it's just ludicrous. And, 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 you know, one thing, um, you know, Chris Andrews was talking about, you know, booking this at the South Point. And he could make it. And this makes sense to me. He says, we you know, we made it. I made it minus 120 one year. Heads and tails. And people just bet the hell out of it. What? Because he says, think about this. No logical smart person is going to bet heads, tails at minus 101. So you may as well just make it minus 150. You're only going to get dum-dums betting it who want the action anyways. And it's almost like it's such a stupid bet you want to penalize. But it's almost like the roulette people. Like, roulette's <laughs> such a bad game to begin with, with 5.26% edge. I kind of like the triple green that's being put out there to make the house edge seven point eight percent because it just penalizes the horrible game. What you get for playing this to begin if with? If you're that dumb to play roulette, I'd put five greens on the wheel. I mean, it's just it's just like at, at some point it just shows. And I look at the um, how much the the books are holding in the difference in the various states. It's up to like twelve percent. They're holding like triple what a drunk baby randomly making picks minus one ten. Are, are holding. Now, to be fair, anyone who purchased my picks last week would say, Fez, the drunk baby massively outperformed your NFL picks, you know, last week, <laughs> as well as my teasers went down in flames, to which I would respond, I'm plus 95 units. You know what? 
for the year, all sports. If you lose in any one week or any one game and you buy my game of the year, my game of the month, um, I'm sorry, my, if you buy my game of the year or any or my Monday night game, I'm doing my best for you to win. But I, that is not putting your best foot forward. Buy my annual, get all my plays, all my sports, and then if I lose at the end of the year, you can go ahead and send me as many personal messages about how I suck and I don't know what I'm doing and knock yourself out and I won't block you. But you send me one where I lose one game or one weekend, and you know what? Uh, go buy somebody else. Leave me alone. This was a bloody week. This was my worst week so far this season of football betting, college and NFL. It was just a disastrous week. It, I mean, is this one of those weeks where you think the – Joe Schmo from the bar can't, who's walking up and you know I'll take the I'll take the, the you think he was winning this week or what happened what was the no he got smoked too because so nobody won this nobody week. the books won the books oh. are smiling I mean the sharps are losing with like New England teased from minus eight down to minus two and Joe Blow at the bar is laying nine a post on New England and he's losing you know big time I will say I'm going to be way more cautious on the Wong teasers teasing the favorites down at some point. You you know when you look at the favorites covering fifty eight percent for or the the, the dogs covering fifty eight percent for the year, you got to say I got to be very careful about back and favorites in any way shape or form going forward. Having said that, the unders have also hit like fifty eight percent, and I will predict that there will be more overs than unders. I think the memo will go out from the NFL brethren. Hey, advertisers, not happy. You know Thursday night games, no touchdowns. Uh, point of emphasis. Stop calling offensive holding when it doesn't matter. Stop calling like a little motion, a little illegal procedure when it's just fractional and start, you know, emphasizing defensive holding and defensive pass interference and let the receivers run free because the reason that the NFL is the most popular league is not because people want to watch 12 to 9 field goal games. Um, they want to watch where their fantasy players are racking up points and there's 98-yard touchdown passes and look for scoring. I will, a bold prediction, a little extra freebie. Uh, best bet, we're going to play the salami over for total points on Sunday. So what are you kind of understanding now that this is a this season in particular has more variance than a typical season. Would you agree with that? I would. And there's various theories being thrown out there. One of them being, you know, hey, an extra game. It's, you know, teams are realizing NBA style. It's more load management. I don't know if that's the reason, but, you know, it, maybe that makes sense. Like you certainly see strange results in the NBA where all the time we're 12 point favorites, you know, don't show up on a certain nights and the like. Um, but I think, the, the problem with the NFL, it's such a small sample, even with 17 games, it's very hard to draw conclusions. We still can't conclude what the home field advantage will be this year. I'd say it's 1.6 points. RJ says it's two. You know, it's, you know, some people are still holding on to it, you know, being more than two. And I've heard some people say they're wrong, of course. They have no idea what they're doing. They're smoking something. They're like, oh, home field doesn't, doesn't matter. I, I hear this all the time. Oh, I'm not giving this half the teams in the league any home field advantage. Well, good luck with that. Because yeah. it just, I mean, it just, it, it, it just, it, it defies all logic if one team has to, like, you know, get on a plane and fly for, you know, three, four hours, that that's not going to have some impact on them. Home field greater than zero, less than three. That's what we know. That's what we know. <laughs> Is it, it, and, and I understand if it's, if it's in SoFi Stadium or Jacksonville, it's certainly possible it could be negative.
Yeah. Depending on the crowd. I'm curious. I, I want to ask you something. Uh, this is a little off script, but I want to ask you anyway. There's teams right now. I'll, I'll name a couple of them. The Raiders and the Jags that despite poor performance, you still have power rated like they are above average team. And in the Raiders case, a good team. Yeah. I got the Raiders two points better than an average team. And it all stems from, you know, offense is more important than defense. The Raiders offense is, is just clicking on sure. all cylinders. Their running back is, is, is playing out of his mind. And I, my power rating kind of shocked me. I got the Raiders two points better than an average team. I got Jacksonville right about right around an average team right now. But people are like, well, but they're two and four and they're two and five. I don't, I don't care. I don't care what teams' records are. That's for Cluck Clucko. The Chickens' power ratings are going to make the New York Giants a six and one team. You know, a top five power rating team. You know, we were talking about like various lines that are like curious. I saw in a game of the year at one select book, Washington at the New York Giants. Give me a predicted line. I would say Giants minus six. Giants are minus two and a half. That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, directionally, it makes sense. The Giants stink. But, but you know, but, but the problem is, is that Washington, the Giants are a slightly below average team, and Washington's a significantly below average team. Of course, we're going to lay, and I'm going to bet this, um, we're going to lay the Giants minus two and a half. They're playing the commies. I mean, they're playing the Commodores. <laughs> I mean, they're, what, what are they called? The Commandos? Co- no, the the, the I don't know how the Redskins. They're playing the Redskins. Commanders. Whatever. Yes, they're gonna they're gonna blow. I mean, the, 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 there's no way that line is gonna be two and a half when those two teams play. Now, if I said Raiders are at Minnesota next week, what's your line say? Pick them. That's unbelievable to me. Maybe I'll make the Vikings one because the Vikings might be one of those rare teams with I'll a hefty home three. field. I'll give them the three in in the indoor. Rockin' Stadium that's very loud, um, and it's a, a lot of travel for Vegas. Maybe I'll give them three. I got the Raiders two points better. So, yeah, Minnesota minus one. Okay. Yeah, it fascinates me, certainly. All right. Let's talk about sports bettors in general. Why should they be proficient at other games, particularly poker and blackjack? You know, I was thinking about, and it's not just sports bettors, just people in general. Vegas is the best place in the world to retire. It really is. You know why? Because I, I, late at night, I was walking through the South Point, all right? And I was like, I was just picking up some sheets for the sports betting. And the poker room's right there. And I just said, ah, I'll, you know, go ahead. Recreation, 30 minutes. What Should I bowl a game? Should, should I catch a movie? I don't have time for it. I got literally 30, 40 minutes I want to kick back, you know. Um, now, how other people do, you've seen this like in, in the local um, grocery stores or people play video poker. Sure. Those are the real degens. You yeah. know, it's like, and you know, the payouts are like house edge of 15%. They, yeah. and that slots are held, are, are holding so high. And it's like, like playing the lotto. They're I mean, killing half, they're killing half an hour. But the point is you can kill half an hour and, and be paid to do so and get and drink for free. You know, if you do, you don't have to be good at poker. You don't even have to be average at poker. My God, I'm, Mackenzie is a good poker player. All right. Mackenzie, what would you make per hour playing one, three? One three, that's a rare table. One two is very common. Uh, maybe fourteen bucks an hour. So think about this. Mackenzie's not a pro poker player. Mackenzie's a capable. Well, correction. Mackenzie is not a um, a super pro poker player. He is an advantage player, poker player. But he, I mean, it's almost embarrassing when he plays one two or one three, no limit at a, at a, at a shop downtown. I mean, 
he has no chance of not having the advantage. I mean, like like every single time he sits down, he's going to make money. Um, and I would assume I not he, true by the way. You would you'd be favored. You'd be favored <laughs> to make you. money. Okay, but, but, but most of the time you would be the best player at the table. Would that be accurate? Yeah, first or second, I think. Yeah, so there's some variance. So he's going to lose. You know, he's going to get stacked a few times. My point is, like, where else can you like you, you you can have a hobby? Like, if you're coin collecting, bowling, golfing, you have to pay to do all this. Yes. Here, you get paid to do all this, and you get to socially interact. So, in a lot of ways, poker is really now blackjack has advantages also. But the problem is blackjack, you're always like, you know, worried like, mm, you know, the casino's not going to like me. Uh, or, you know, they're going to be giving me the stink eye and how much can I get away with? But in poker, the casino is perfectly happy with you winning as much as, as humanly possible, you know. And you're not winning it off of them. Exactly. And even the players, what's interesting, I found that even when I just crush players and I'm way better than them, they still lament the fact that they got bad cards and they got unlucky. Have you noticed that, Mackenzie? You never, no doubt. You never see a player like, God damn it, why is Fezzik playing at this 1-3 game? Yeah, this isn't fair. He's so much better than us. Never, right? Why didn't I fold the hand before? It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Why didn't you? Good question. <laughs> they never have it when they need it. So I do my, I work out at the at Caesars Palace, and I do my power walk through the forum shops because it's like 1.3 miles when you go cir- circuitous serpentine, uh-huh. you know, around the different, uh, but I walk past the poker room, and sometimes I'll just stop and play for 15 minutes, and it's just, it, it is almost, it, it, I could write an entire book on what every poker player does. For, I'll use an example. I was playing in one hand, and on the river, a guy bets into, bets into me for like three quarters of the pot, and he has a small pair. And it's just like, it's, it's just such the wrong bet from every level because all he has is a bluff cat, catcher. You know, there's lots of small cards on the board. And it's like, I'm going to call him if I have him beat, and I'm going to fold if I don't. There's like no reason for him to bet there ever and but but yeah, yeah, you see things like that all the time. But if he bets instead of three quarters of the pot, if he bets one fifth of the pot or whatever, something just to get you maybe thinking, maybe you come along. Is that what you're saying? If, if why well, I had an overpair, but if he bets one fifth of the pot, um, that would make some sense where he would say, you know what, I don't want to like, um, I, I, I think my opponent's going to bet. And I don't want to pay three quarters of the pot. But if I bet like one fifth of the pot, maybe I, that's called a blocking bet. And if he raises me, I'll fold. And if he, you know, if he calls, he probably has me beaten and I'm going to lose a lot yes. less. But this guy didn't bet one fifth of the pot. He didn't make a blocking bet. He made a normal size bet, you know, which, you know, basically the reason it's wrong on all levels is think about it. If I if I raise him, I, if I have nothing, I bluff him and I raise him and I win. If I have a pair, I call him and I win. All right. So, like, he's giving me the opportunity to win regardless of what right. they hold by betting that he's got a bluff catcher. Just check. If I bet he thinks I got king-queen, so I missed completely, he can call me with this small pair. And what'd you do? I just, just, just I like a pair of queens. I just called him. Okay. Yeah. And you won the pot? Yes. Of course. All right. Here's, this is something, when, when you sent me the email for today's show, one of the headlines said, stop having fun. <laughs> And this, I'll, I'll say this. This is something that you get on my co-host on Straight Out of Vegas AM. You get on Scott Seidenberg quite a lot about this. Stop having fun. Start betting to try to win. Now, and to be fair, Scott is a, a tremendous guy. All right, and I think he has 
an attitude of gambling that that's refreshing and 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 would make him a guy I want to go and spend every bachelor party and every weekend in Vegas with because he he really enjoys sports and he has tremendous um, uh, acumen about about all the players and everything else. But I still think he views this as you know the making money on the betting side. He makes money and he's like, this is cool. It's fun. All right. But here's the problem. When, when you start having too much fun, you don't maximize profits. I always threw, like, Stephen Nover under the bus as a guy that, like, he could have made so much money betting, but it just wasn't a focus of his. My, my, I'm a professional better, Charlie J. He's the same way. He's comfortable betting a certain amount. And, like, the guys I know that are, like, really make money, they're killers. They're like, if if I got a sports book that keeps screwing something up, a certain prop or a certain um, something they're dealing, I'm not looking to beat them out of 500. I'm looking to beat the living hell out of them, and I'm not giving these I'm not giving these suckers an even break. I'm not playing teasers at minus 140. I'm not playing 14 parlays at at, at, at short pay 11 to one. Five team parlays at twenty to one. If I'm going to play a five team parlay against these guys, I'm I'm taking a, a parlay card that pays twenty five to one with stale numbers and playing the Lions plus seven and a half when the line's six point seven five. You get the idea. Yeah. That like literally, um, it's a slippery slope. You're with your wife. Um, and hey, let's play a little craps. You know, just for fun. You know, let's 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 play a little money through the machine. We can justify it because then we'll get you know we'll, we'll get offers because they'll you know we'll we'll put some money through a slot machine. And actually, some of that is true. That putting probably putting like twenty dollars through a slot machine in every single casino in Vegas is probably plus EV because you you'll in the mail people will be like, oh, we got a live one here. We got a slot player that typically doesn't play with us, and they'll start sending you offers and invites and the like. But um, the bottom line is, if you just focus on making bets where you have the advantage um, and only doing only that, it's not dissimilar to the weight loss that we were going to talk about shortly. It's a slippery slope when you can say, you know, I had a, a very productive day at the gym. I can go ahead and have my cafe frappuccino. I just burned 500 calories. No, you probably should just get the black coffee and just keep playing optimally. So just stop with the, the big parlays, go out, find the right numbers early, get on them, and then stop putting in a last-minute parlay that is like a, a home run ticket is what you're saying. If you if you want to play like a home run, um, you know, <laughs> win the lumber yard with your toothpick, go to South Point, play their ties win parlay card. Yes, that's the South Point. They're just they're, – they're just, Where would you play this, though? Because you can't play at South Point. It doesn't matter because I'm talking about where <laughs> you guys should play. You should go to the South Point. You should play their ties win card. Only play their 10-teamer. It pays 600 to 1. You have – your ROI is enormous on this. They're aware of it. Okay, so you got to walk up with no more than three to four cards. Don't don't play the games you like. Screw that. Don't give these guys a chance to beat you in the long run. Just look at games lined at three. If you know what, if they make it three, take plus three or lay three. Let's say the line's three point three and they make it three. Well, then lay the three. Let's say the line's two point eight, then take the three. Let's say they happen to say. Oh, we'll make it two or four. Well, then you lay two, you take four. The line's like 7.2 in a game. You lay seven on the ties. When if it if they make it an eight, you take the eight. You mix and match like randomly like 20 to 30 of these games at the South Point, which is like one of the best cards in town. And I assure you, um, you won't be able to play very many of these cards, but you'll be able to play three or four, like two or three times. If you've never been kicked out of a casino or been told you can't play anymore and you really want to be, you know, have that happen, Go to the South Point and do exactly what I'm saying. By the third trip to the window, you will likely be done, though, where they're like, you've got enough of these.
you can't play anymore. That's funny. Now, let me ask you this. When the, when you play one of these parlay cards like that, a t- let's say you play a 10-teamer ties win parlay card, what happens if you've got six of them that are a tie? Like, is, does it still pay out like a 10-team ten, a ten payout? Well, it depends on the card. If it's a half-point card, it can't tie. If it's a ties win card, the ties win. The, the, the payout is slightly lower, but here's the mistake they make. Like the the they actually pay eight hundred to one on a half pointer, which is good, and six hundred to one on the ties win. Now that sounds like a big reduction, but without getting into all the nitty gritty of the math, it's you you I think you only have to hit like fifty three point four percent or something to break even. Don't hold me to that. It could be fifty three. It could be fifty three point seven. But you're you're if you're playing on a Saturday. It should not be a problem for you to be able to find some 55% plays with the lines moving and playing against stale lines. The problem is getting any – Well, you're like, well, why doesn't everybody do that? Well, they, everybody does do that, but then they all get kicked out, and they all say, you know what? I'm not going to drive over this out. This is a game bet. for tourists is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. this is the, this is the, another example of like, like, well, why doesn't everyone play black? Because you get kicked out. You can't play if you're betting $1,500 a hand or more. Um, but if you're just there already and you, and you typically don't do this – you know, sure, slam in a few, you know. as a, don't. You know what? You can pass on the Starbucks one morning. Just drink some, just drink some water. Instead of waiting in line for 15 minutes, throw in like eight advantage parlay cards because by the end of the year, you know, when that, when that, fifth, when that $40 10-teamer is eight deep and now you can head to the last two legs because it's about to pay 24000 and your ticket's worth 6000 you can see it was worth your while. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Starbucks, you are drinking black coffee today. Let's get an update. Where are we at? Where's Wishnev? What's the uh, what's the latest? So this was supposed to be a nice, friendly marathon year bet. We started in May. Todd was 300. I was 230. If he ever gets lighter than me, he wins. If we get to 180, it's a push without giving to all the details. Um, doesn't matter who gets to 181st. Well, it matters if he gets there before me because right. I got to stay lighter than him every day. What's this? No, those are the rules I play by, but Todd plays by different rules. Todd doesn't take cheat days. Todd works out every single day. So Todd, bless his heart, he's made a mockery of the weight loss. You know what, keto, um, Atkins, um, uh, carb diets, uh, all meat diets, personal trainers, F you. F you. You guys stink because uh, all you got to do is do what Todd Wishnev does Eat really low-calorie foods three times a day and work out a lot. Play tennis, walk the golf course, doesn't matter. You know, go to the gym, cross-train, and you are going to lose weight. And in Todd's case, you know, God bless him, he's lost 107 pounds. He's at 193. I got to tell you, it's on. It's on now. Where are you at? It's on. I'm at 190. I'm at 190. 190 flat? I have not been, I believe, I just went under 190 because I have not eaten today and i just got back from the gym so i will check that but i have not been lighter than 190 since my junior year in college are you hungry right now i am this is interesting i am not so that's what i'm telling you once you start to really see results you're like i don't need to eat right now i'm thrilled i'm at the magic 190 you know and i'm feeling i i i gotta tell you the um like you see naked and afraid those episodes where like people go like 14 days without eating anything but bugs and they get they get hungry day two or three yeah by day eight we well yeah they're, they're starting to borderline starvation but the body is a, a wonderful thing it adjusts the brain's like all right we know we're hungry stop sending the freaking we're hungry signals we're aware we yeah. got the memo you don't have to send anymore so, so literally i'm not hungry um but i gotta tell you this whole 
this was supposed to be a 12-month fun thing. He's going he's gonna to push me one day. I'll do it. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just, I'm running a 10K every day. Every day I'm doing 6.2 miles. <laughs> I don't care. If it's, if, it, if, it, if it's 10.30 p.m. because I want a credit for that, for that day, boom. I'm not going to sleep. I'm taking the last 90 minutes, and, I'm, and, and, and there, there, there's that crazy guy in Seven Hills, the neighbor you don't want to have, you know, r- r- rumbling, stumbling along, you know, <laughs> past Rio Seco Golf Course with sec- security. Fez is like Russell Wilson on a flight. Like security it- <laughs> used to pull me over, like, hello, sir, how are you, and where do you live? <laughs> nope, they all know me now. I'm, 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 on, I'm on the radar screen. They're aware. Uh, all right, so are you saying now at this point, a push is probably your best outcome. Oh, there's no chance that I win. Okay. No chance. Isn't that the worst when it's like you either lose or tie? Yeah, it's it, it's kind of like the you know poker games. A low spade in the hole splits the pot, and you and you look down and you're playing a hand without a spade. It's like what am I doing? You know, <laughs> this is like the biggest sucker game. Like in a home game, you should always play something like that. Like you know the 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 the, the, the split pots and just fold immediately if you don't have the advantageous card in the hole. Yes. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this show up with a best bet. You already teased one earlier. Let's give us let's give folks an official best bet here. Let's go games of the year. This is available at William Hill Week 14. It probably it won't be available because I'm going to bet this before the podcast hits. But you'll be able to bet it a, a number that's close to it. I'm sure. Uh, week 14, Las Vegas. At the Rams, and certainly other books may well be copycatting and offering this. I am going to – well, let me ask you, AJ. Las Vegas at the Rams. The Super Bowl champion Rams at the 2-4 and the two and four Raiders visit. What should the line be? I know the, I know that the, the market respects the Rams – or expects, ex- respects the Raiders quite a bit. I know that the Rams don't have a home field advantage, especially when the Raiders are going in. I'm going to go Rams minus two. I think that's a very sharp line. I actually think it's a little bit too high because the market the market will agree with you. I actually think that it's going to be 75% Raider fans, and this might be the rare case I give a half point on home field to the Raiders in this game with limited travel and all the, uh, the crowds. Um, but then again, by that time, the Raiders might be eliminated from the playoffs. Right. But again, by that time, you know, Matt Stafford might be like could happen, on elbow surgery and, and the Rams are in their backup quarterback. The bottom line is three and a half. And this is the sort of bet that pros make. And, and, and they they win every year. This is a lot easier to make a bet like this than it is to bet. If I said find a game on this Sunday's NFL card, your favorite one, you're going to like this better than that. I will bet like literally 20 times more if I could. If I could, if I could bet, you know, $30,000 on this. Yeah, you know, I, I as opposed to like my normal base size on what I might bet on an NFL game on a Saturday that are like you know a couple thousand. You know, it's just it's like I don't think I have an edge here. This number's just wrong. You know, you have an edge. I know I have an edge. What's yeah. the if if you're playing a, a week fourteen game of the year? What's the, what's the limit going to be at a Will Hill? Three thousand. Three thousand dollars. Yes, okay. and, and I got to give I got to give Will Hill slash Caesars. I don't know which one they like to be called. All right, it is confusing. Um, because I get my Caesars Rewards app. I love these guys. They, I mean, number one sports book in town, Circa, all right? But there's a, if you wanted to make a case for Caesars being the number one sports book with, their, with that rewards program, you've all seen the commercials with the Mannings. And so often, you, you've seen those commercials. Yes. Yes, where they're, like, they're, they're playing charades, and it's like, say, Caesars Sportsbook app, best opportunity ever, earn points, earn reward and tier credits. And... But but if you look at that reward um, system, it is 
not only are you getting really good, um, you know, comp credits, but you get tier benefits to the point where you, you, you become, you know, a diamond platinum. You get a free vacation to the Bahamas. You get free parking. Um, you get to use all the gyms for free. You get, you know, four free drinks a day. There's so many comps. Have you stopped taking the free champagne? Um, I used to go over to Paris to get the Wycliffe. <laughs> 1999. I would I I'd grab four bottles and then I found out the Wycliffe champagne is only like I can I can just buy it for 5.99. Yeah. So I stopped making the extra effort to walk to Paris and I'm just going I'm just going through Caesars or Rio and picking up you know my four my my four cold pressed juices you know three and my and one black coffee is because become my go to strategy. Although I will say sometimes I substitute a one of those little like baby those Peter Rabbit like pureed fruit, 35 yep. calorie things, which is like basically baby food yeah. for my juice. I don't ask him. I say I'm three juices. I don't think I'm allowed to, but I do it anyways. Okay, well, you're and, an outlaw. And, it's, and, and, and so I'm finding like late at night, if I do get hungry, you know, I'm going to grab something. That, that 35 calorie baby food tastes delicious. And it's so <laughs> easy to like because it's just pureed so you can like drink it out of the little, little container. So, you know, better, better grabbing that than like a keto, you know, 90 calorie you know, tiny, you know, caramel turtle thing that's not 200 calories, but still is too many. All right. That is going to do it for today's episode. If you want more of those advantage plays from Fez, you want to get them early. You want to get them, you know, when when he knows, once he knows, he's letting you know, guys, there's only one place to do it. It's pregame.com. Use the promo code Vegas20, Vegas20, and you get 20% off any package all because you're a listener of this fine podcast, the Fezzik Focus podcast. So go in there, get his year-long football, get his year-long basketball, whatever you're looking for. Get McKenzie's year-long basketball. Uh, you can get it all at a great discount right now. I got a bonus offer. Okay. Anyone who signs up, no coupon code, just signs up for my all-access football through the rest of the year. If you don't win when the Super Bowl ends – I want you to get a hold of AJ because it might be hard to get a hold of me. So you get a hold of AJ Hoffman. Thank you. He will get a hold of me. You can try to get a hold of me. Ask, ask to be my friend in pregame. Just show me the receipt that you bought in um, end of October or by November. Yeah, end of October. And if you if I don't turn a profit, I will personally buy you dinner and meet with you to tell you how you can become a better pro sports better. Okay. I love it, and the people love it as well. Uh, thanks to Mackenzie Rivers. Thanks to Steve Fezzik. Thanks to you guys for listening. We appreciate you guys for sure, and uh, this podcast continues to grow. That's thanks to you guys, and we will talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.